Welcome, dear listeners of the macabre. Gather round, for tonight we delve deep into the shadows of the internet, where the strange and sinister lurk in the corners of cyberspace. Our virtual campfire flickers with the ghostly glow of computer screens as we bring you five bone-chilling tales unearthed from the darkest corners of Reddit. These stories, whispered in hushed tones across the digital abyss, will make your skin crawl and send shivers down your spine. But beware, for what you are about to hear might just haunt your dreams tonight. Picture it, if you will, a world where the line between reality and nightmare blurs, where the ordinary transforms into the extraordinary, and where the anonymous voices of the internet recount their most terrifying encounters. As we embark on this journey, remember, these are not just stories, they are warnings, cautionary tales from the depths of the web. So, dear listeners, fasten your seatbelts and prepare for a descent into the unknown. Dim your lights, lock your doors, and don't dare to look behind you, for the tales we're about to share are not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> The Smiling Man, written by Blue Tidal. About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite. But all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between one and two in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park, quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man, dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance-walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still, until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me but still looking skyward. 
smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved, until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than ten seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time, staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps, as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what the fuck do you want, in an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper, what the f... Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly, and started dance-walking away. Just like that, not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time, he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off of the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. Someone Under the Bed Written by Maiha I am 22 and this incident happened a year and a half ago. I had just moved into my first apartment and was in the process of moving in. The door that led into my apartment locks itself automatically when closed, so I was going to the entrance of the apartment complex to get my mail while talking on the phone with my boyfriend. I returned to my apartment and sat on the bed while opening the mail while using the phone. I dropped the phone on the floor and it landed under the bed, so I had to lie on the floor and stretch for it. I saw something that caught my eye. 
There was someone under my bed. My eyes widened and I choked the urge to scream. The person under my bed was lying still with his back towards me and his head to his chest so I couldn't see his face. And he didn't see me. Trying to be rational while so many thoughts rushed through my head, I picked up the phone and said, Sorry, I dropped my phone. I'm just going to take a shower and call you back. The bathroom is right by my bed, so I hastily walked in, quietly locked the door, turned the shower on, jumped out my window, my apartment is on the first floor, and called the police. They told me to wait nearby, but to go across the street and see if anyone comes out the door to the apartment complex. This was during summer, and it was still light out. I placed myself across the street, hiding behind a car while watching my open bathroom window and the entry door. I called my boyfriend and he came to me just before the police. I gave them my keys and they went inside. Only moments later, two cops come out holding a thin and tired-looking man. His eyes looked crazy, but he didn't try to get away. The policeman that had stood beside me and comforted me while the police searched through my house, I was a mess, shivering and crying, told me that the man stood outside my bathroom door with one of my kitchen knives waiting for me to come out. This man had somehow crept in my entry door while I was getting my mail and hid under the bed. The man that was trying to hurt me turned out to be a homeless person and was placed in a mental hospital. My boyfriend moved in with me the very next day. Roommate Wanted, Females Only Written by Scars and Stripes this is a popular story with my family and most of my friends. Amanda is my brother's girlfriend. At the time of this story, she was looking for her first apartment and moving out from her parents' house. Her and my brother didn't want to move in together since they had only dated for a few months. She opted instead to search for a roommate online. Browsing Craigslist, she found an ad titled something like Roommate Wanted, Females Only. This sort of thing was common since the area she was looking in was mostly young professionals. The listing was for a room in a house for about $225 a month, which was quite cheap compared to most places listed. The occupants listed herself as a 23-year-old college student that wasn't comfortable with living with any males. The other roommate would have their own room and attached bathroom. So far, Amanda was into this place. However, the listing only had a single photo from outside the property. Amanda sent an email wanting to meet the occupant and tour the house. Within 30 minutes, she receives an email back with all the details and time to stop by. The girl worked late hours and wanted Amanda to stop by at 8 p.m. When Amanda arrives, there is a handwritten note on the front door saying, Door broken. Use back door. Walking around the house, it looks nice but slightly unkempt. Tall grass, weeds, dusty windows, etc. Still no alarms for Amanda. When she knocks on the back door, an older man opens the door. At first, Amanda thinks she has the wrong house, but the man reassures her and says that the occupant, I forget the name, was out and he was the landlord. The occupant asked him to meet Amanda since she was working late. He seemed pleasant and offered to show her around. Alarms start going off but aren't at red alert yet. 
first, the guy was clearly in his forties, unshaven, and looked like he lived in his car. Also, only the kitchen light was on. As they walked around the house, Amanda noticed one huge red flag. No furniture. Nothing. The landlord was polite about answering questions, but seemed irritable about keeping lights on for too long, rushing her around and only letting her look at rooms for a few moments. There was a single room that the landlord wouldn't open, telling her that it was the occupant's room and he didn't want to invade her privacy. As they walk down the hallway into the living room, she notices the front door has a plank nailed across it, broken for sure. Amanda's creepometer is starting to ding, so she decides to wrap up the walkthrough and leave, but trying to be polite. As she's giving the guy her thanks-for-the-showing bit, he perks up and states that he forgot to show her the basement. It's recently furnished and would be a great rec room, and she should take a look down there. At that time, Amanda and the landlord are standing in the small hallway between the front living room and the back kitchen. In this little hallway was the basement door. When he opens the door, it opens outward to create something of a barrier between Amanda and the back door. The basement is pitch black. He smiles, motions down the stairs, and says, Ladies first. What happens next is nothing more than a stroke of luck. Amanda got a text just as some random person parks in front of the house. Thinking on her feet, she pretends it's a phone call and answers her phone. Hey, yeah, are you here? I'll come out from around back and let you in. It's great. You have to see it. With a motion of confidence, she excuses herself around the landlord and walks out of the back door. She says the guy just looked at her like he was confused. Once outside, she sprinted to her car and sped like hell out of there. When Amanda got home, she told her mother and my brother everything. Cops were called, they took her statement, and went to investigate. The, the Craigslist post had been removed. Menacing children with a trick up their sleeve. Posted on Reddit. I began babysitting at 13 to earn extra money to spend on horribly embarrassing things like Fallout Boy CDs. I would almost always work for my dad's clients and get referred by word of mouth. I was babysitting for this one family who had a little girl nine and a little boy seven. The parents seemed okay, if a tad crotchety, giving me a full schedule to follow and jokingly threatening to beat any boy who might mysteriously show up after they left. It felt cruel for them to accuse me of even knowing a boy given I basically looked like an overgrown baby with frizzy hair at that age. Almost immediately after the parents leave, the little girl sings in a creepy, high-pitched voice. We're all alone now. Righto, cue the Shining soundtrack. I know, the little boy chimed in. Let's play R- I won't say the word out loud, but it starts with an R and ends with an E. Looking back now, I know the kid probably just heard the term on TV, knew the word was shocking, and said it just for a reaction. I totally bought into it at that time, sputtering wide-eyed and changing the subject quickly. These kids were hell for the next hour. I wouldn't let them watch South Park on TV because their parents did not seem like the type to allow their precious 7- and 9-year-old to watch a show like that. As soon as I said no, the little girl said casually, Oh, that's fine. We'll just go play PlayStation in the family room. Feel free to watch it out here. 
Lol, nope. I knew exactly where that was headed. I said they could watch any other TV show in the living room while I made them dinner. The parents had left instructions to make them sandwiches. I could handle that. Before I even got out the bread, I hear a massive crash. It seems like the little girl has broken a glass. Tutting and pissed, but ultimately with no way to punish her, I cleaned it up while these two incredibly weird kids watched with wide eyes. Dumping the broken glass into the trash, I went back to making the sandwiches. I'm a vegetarian, so while the kids had chicken, I made a simple salad one for myself. Just as I was finishing, the little boy screamed out in what sounded like a pantomime of pain. Nonetheless, I ran over to the couch in the living room to check on him. My ankle, he howled, dramatically flopping back into the couch. While I tried to figure out how he had hurt his ankle, the little girl slipped out of the room. Peripherally, I was aware of this, but didn't really pay it any mind, focused on this little boy pretending to be in pain. He kept saying, I went to stand, but it hurt too much. I don't know, over and over, until his eyes suddenly flicked to just behind me, where I could see the little girl standing with a perturbing smile on her face. He was miraculously healed. Yeah, praise the Lord. At this point, I was just thinking these kids were really weird, craved attention a little too much, and probably needed more parental involvement. Whatever, I was 13, and that $60 was only four hours away. I set out the sandwiches for the two to eat at the dining table, went to get a soda, and returned. After pouring soda for the both of them, I realized they hadn't even taken a bite of their sandwiches yet. I asked them what they were waiting for. They smiled. For you to take a bite of yours. I am so glad I had a gut feeling to open the top part of bread of my sandwich, because when I did, I saw glass. Broken glass. Broken glass that I'd put in the trash. I stared in horror at these two little kids staring at me with menacing twin grins. I lost it, shouting, Are you serious? At the very least, you could have really injured my mouth. What's wrong with you two? Instead of crying or apologizing or pretending to be ashamed or confused, these two little fuckers began laughing. Not like kids. It was too low. It wasn't that silly, free laugh, kids laugh. It was low and threatening. I'll never forget that noise. My immediate reaction was, these kids are too young to be laughing like that. I called my older sister, 17 at the time, cried about what had happened, and she came and took over for me. We left the house with chills after the parents arrived. I never babysat for those two again. What I can't get past is the level of premeditation that went into sprinkling that broken glass in my sandwich and the totally remorseless way they responded to my getting upset. They were unlike any two kids I've ever met before. A Man Pretended to be the Family Dog Written by Flax and Flare Before I start, here's a bit of context to my story. My husband and I lived in a small two-floor house with two main entrances, one along the front and the other on the side of the house, which opens up into the laundry room. When we're too busy or it's too late to walk our dog, we hook his collar onto a long line that's attached to one of the pipes on the corner of our house so he can use the bathroom. We used to do this from the door in our laundry room, but we noticed the large step from the door to the ground had been taking a toll on his hips. As a result, we started letting him out through the front door instead, since the porch is much closer to the ground. 
This particular night, I was home alone with my dog, and it was around midnight when I decided to let him outside one last time before going to bed. I hook him up to his line, close the door, and lock it, before heading into the kitchen to put away the dishes. This was pretty routine. Even if he used the bathroom quickly, he liked to walk around along the front and side of the house for a few minutes before coming back inside. As I'm putting away the dishes, I hear a scratch on the door, how my dog signals he wants to come inside, so I head over to let him back in. Since I've watched way too many scary movies, I always look through the door's peephole before opening the door. Out of habit, I look to check that my dog is in front of the door. Instead, I see a man staring very intently at the door handle. I freeze with my hand on the door handle. I don't know how much time went by, but then I heard another scratch, this one louder than the last. This kind of wakes me up from my initial shock and I run to grab my cell phone. I call my husband to tell him what's happening. He was very confused. I probably wasn't explaining the situation very well, but says that he's heading home. This is when I realize my dog is still outside with this person. I head back to the front door, trying to make as little noise as possible to check whether the stranger is still there. Just like before, he's standing there, head bowed, looking at the doorknob. I tiptoe over to the laundry room and slowly open the door as quietly as possible. I can't see my dog anywhere, and the side of my house is covered in gravel. I knew I couldn't step outside without making a lot of noise. With my heart still pounding in my chest, I go to the front door to keep an eye on the stranger and to get a better look at him. I considered calling the police, but I didn't feel they would take me seriously, since all this man was doing was standing in front of my house. I tried taking a picture of him with my cell phone, but my camera was only able to take pictures of the peephole and not the images behind the glass. All of a sudden, the man looks up directly at me. I swear, he knew I was there. He glares at me, then opens his mouth to show his taunting, malicious grin. He stood there that way for a few seconds. With that, he turns around and starts to walk down the street. I stay in the same place, almost expecting him to rush back and start pounding on the door. Luckily, my husband got back after a few minutes. Long story short, he convinced me to call the police and we went out looking for our dog. It turns out this man had cut the end of the line connected to the pipe and our dog decided this was a good time for him to explore my neighbor's backyard, which is where we found him. It's been three years since this happened. We've since moved to a new house, unrelated reasons, and the police weren't able to come up with any suspects. Ever since then, we take our dog on very long walks before the sun goes down. We have come to the end of our October horror episodes. I hope you've enjoyed these creepy tales sourced from the bowels of Reddit. Remember to follow us on TikTok and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll find the link in the show notes. I wanted to wish you a very happy Halloween and a very blessed Sawen, my ghoulish fiends. Stay safe, my love buckets, and you'll hear from me very, very soon. Bye!